Oh, shit. Here we go again. What makes America such a great country is the fact that you can hate America. You can burn the flag. You can say whatever you want about the president or any governing body. You, you're allowed to have freedom of expression, freedom of, of uh, you know, the right to say whatever you want. And <clears throat> that's just another thing that makes America so great is yeah. the fact that you are able to to have those opinions without being prosecuted, without being thrown in jail. And, you know, you just, I think sometimes we take it for granted. But here's my thing. Sports gambling in this country is becoming more and more common, more socially acceptable. You know, it's legalized in a lot of states. Most states, I would say, probably, you know, even if it's illegal there, they, they turn a blind eye just for your everyday Joe Schmo betting on games. So if we're going to do that, why don't they just open it completely up? But here's the deal, the condition. You can't bet on your team to lose, A. B, you have to turn in all your bets Yeah. with with the like front office of your team or have have like a an office there, a league office at the facility where you go and turn in every single bet, whether it's – whether it's football or whatever sport you're gambling on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of Real Conversations with Cozy and Murph. It is the 4th of July, and it is hot outside. The sun is shining bright. We are a little late to recording. We typically record on Sunday or Monday, but you know, holidays, and it's just been hectic these last couple days for the both of us. Yes, sir. Very, very busy. I know that... Murph has been celebrating accordingly. I know last night you saw some fireworks. Yep. Uh, well, Saturday, we were going to go to the park and watch their fireworks there, but it was raining, so we, we waited till about 8.30 and ended up going home, and then about 9 o'clock, 9.30, they actually did set their fireworks off, but we lived so close that we could see, like hear them and see them, so we didn't really... Miss much, and then let's see. Sunday, we went down to the the uh, fireworks shop and spent about two hundred, about two fifty on fireworks. Nice. Set them off at our house, and then yesterday, um, my brother in law he had some fireworks left over that he didn't get to set off, and so nice. he actually invited us out to his house, and then tonight. We might go out to the riverfront in Owensboro and watch what they have there. So, been a loaded week of fireworks, weekend of fireworks. Well, that's good. I'm glad you had fun. I know, I know you said you're doing stuff tonight as well. You got plans for some fireworks tonight as well? 
Yeah, we, um, I've only been to the riverfront, like down there in Owensboro, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I've only been there once for fireworks, but it was like 20 minutes of straight, like no interruptions, just straight fucking booms. Yeah. And like you walk away and your ears are ringing. It's literally (laughs) like being in a war zone, (laughs) which is crazy. I was thinking about that last night when we were watching uh, fireworks at her brother's house. Like, isn't it nuts that in America for... Like a whole month, we turn our, we turn the whole country turns into like a war zone. And we Pretty just, much. Like you just get accustomed to hearing big loud booms in the middle of the night. <laughs> like it's, that's wild. So many explosions. And it's like the most random time. It's like. And it's not even like for like, I get like 4th of July, but it's like as soon as July hits <laughs> for the entire fucking month, people are just like, let's just, let's fucking blow shit up. <laughs> Old Bobby with his mullet and the bush light has exploded every rocket that he could find within the country mile. He's, He's got his there. Dale Earnhardt shirt on, ready to fucking rock and roll. I liked Fourth of July though. Last night, yeah. um, we went to a Clippers game, and it was you know, it's like the perfect scene spending the Fourth of July time frame at a ballpark and then going to watch fireworks you you could have sat in the stadium and watched where the fireworks were i think a lot of people did that but it really is the perfect scene you know i feel like i associate the fourth of july with baseball so much hand in hand oh yes yeah. it's just yeah. perfect. It's the american pastime yeah like you, you have to watch baseball. You have to eat some hot dogs, and you gotta watch fireworks. Exactly, it was literally the perfect time. And I was, I don't know. I just, I know that we're getting older, and it's kind of harder to slow down and stuff. But yesterday, I could feel myself like embracing the moment. Usually, I'm like, all right, fireworks are cool, whatever. But I felt myself yesterday just kind of being like, you know, this is actually. So cool to, you know, be able to do this. And here in Columbus, they have, they call it Red, White, and Boom. It's huge. I think they have one in Lexington, too, I want to say. But it's uh, Red, White, and Boom. It's it's a huge thing. I mean, the city was going mad last night. It's just so many cars and traffic and stuff. But basically like a 30-minute show, just nonstop, bang, bang, bang. And it is literally literally a war zone. But you find yourself like being like, you know, this is – it's pretty cool, and every every time I, I I'm reminded, like, you know, there's a bigger picture to all this, and not to sound corny, but it's it's you're not doing this anywhere else besides here in the U.S. It's pretty cool that we get the opportunity to you know even just go to the ball game and hang out and be around people, let off fireworks, just be loud, and people are dancing in the street, cooking food, and it's like, yeah. And I mean, we can only speak from the American perspective. You know, we don't. I've never been to to you know another country and celebrated any of their customary, you know, festivals or holidays or what have you. So, yeah, the Fourth of July is it'll always be special to any true blue blooded American. You know, uh, anybody who's grown up in the U.S. You know, the fourth, the whole month of July really is just yeah. a special time to celebrate, you know, what it means to be 
an American, what it means to live here in America. And, you know, I, I don't want to sound like arrogant or condescending or, um, you know, like I think we're better than, than anybody, but, you know, there is a sense of pride that comes with being an American. Yeah. And, you know, you can call it, you know, indoctrination or, or brainwashing or whatever, but we are taught from an early age that America is the prime example of freedom in the, in the Western world, you know? And so it's just, you know, you get a sense of, there's just that you get the, like you were talking about, you, you get that sense of pride, that sense of, you know, being in the moment saying this, you know, look at our history. We, we, if you look, go back to the very beginning, you know, when we declared independence from Great Britain, which was at the time the greatest military, uh, the greatest military state in the world. They had the best Navy, the best military in the world. And we, you know, we did have some help, but, but we, we declared our own independence and fought them off and was able to form our own, our own country. And, you know, it's hard to find that an example of that that has lasted throughout history better than America has. So, you know, you hit it right on the nose. It's the stamp of freedom and there it's definitely been a trending thing to kind of either, you know, with the Patriot side or against the Patriot side. And it's definitely a division in the country, but I felt like over these last couple of days, it didn't, it doesn't matter who you are. You, you know, you're outside celebrating and it all comes back to every person that I know or see or whatever, no matter which side of the fence that you believe that you stand on, you are celebrating the fact that you get this freedom in America. And I think that, I mean, if we just all looked at each other, you know, while we're outside doing this and loving this, you know, we'd really see what this is, what this is. It's the the beauty of America. Like we really have it really good over here. It's sweet over here. And like you said, we can't speak from another perspective in other countries. I haven't lived there and celebrated, but you know, at the end of the day, we got it pretty good over here. Right. And I mean, and it's somewhat a little bit sad to see that that the fact that being proud to be from America or being American is a controversial thing now. Yep. You know, here in the last recent years. But that's what also, though, I know we've we've touched on this in other episodes, but that's kind of that's a kickback to what makes America such a great country is the fact that you can hate America. You can burn the flag. You can say whatever you want about the president or any governing body. You're allowed to have freedom of expression, freedom of, of, uh, you know, the right to say whatever you want. And that's just another thing that makes America so great is the fact that you are able to, to have those opinions without being prosecuted, without being thrown in jail. And, you know, you just, I think sometimes we take it for granted. I mean, obviously America's history is brutal and some, and some parts of our history are brutal. We've, we've done terrible things. Our, our government has done terrible things, 
But I think the people of America, the everyday average American, I think just wants to be able to provide for their family and live freely. I mean, that's two of the biggest things in life for, for middle-class America. Yep. You know, that's, that's the, that's the people I came from. Yep. You know, that's my family. That's the way I was raised. And yeah, I mean, I just love I America. Agree. <laughs> I love America. Team America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I got a question though. Because I did see a lot of good food this weekend. And it just popped in my head. And I didn't even give you a chance to think about this prior. But let's go back and forth. And we have to pick five items that you have to have at a 4th of July cookout. We can't pick the same thing. So if okay. I pick one, you can't pick one. I'll let okay. you go ahead and pick your... One well, you want to start at one one or five? I think we just do no particular order, just okay. five. All right, that's good. All right, and go ahead. I'll go first. I've already said it. You know, it's slow. People sleep on this. Some people do, but you gotta have hot dogs, man. You have to have. I have dogs. the glizzies mm, with all the got, toppings. Yes, sir. You gotta have the relish, the the mustard, the ketchup, the onions, all that shit. Ooh. Glizzies. I can go. I get down on hot dogs. If Bro, it, I could eat a whole pack of hot dogs by myself. I swear to God. I am the glizzy gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm a big fan of hot dogs. It's a great pick. I will compliment the hot dog and say that you have to have the hamburger cheeseburger right there beside it yes. on the grill. You have to. Yes. It's like a, your your perfect plate, I feel like, at a 4th of July cookout is maybe two hot dogs and a cheeseburger. It's like, bring it on. Put it on me. There you go. I'll put it down. Um, all right. For me, the next one, uh, I'm going to go with baked beans. Ooh, good selection. I love, I love some, some nice smoky baked beans with a little bit of bacon in there. Oh, yeah. The barbecue Ooh-wee. baked beans. Oh, that's so, so good. You have to have the plate with, like, you know, your hot dog hamburger, and then you've got your side plate, and then you've even got a dessert plate. Yeah, so you're going to sit down with three plates. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you're juggling to get it back, or you make a couple trips, but you're yeah. that's exactly what you're doing. And I feel like, all right, so you go baked beans. I think you have to have a pasta salad. Okay, yeah. We we had macaroni salad. See, some kind of either like potato salad, pasta salad, something of that sort. But I'll say pasta salad. I like pasta salad, I like potato salad. But I will pick pasta salad. I would definitely have that on my side dish for sure. Yes. A cold one that like comes yes. fresh out of the fridge. So refreshing. Oh, so good. Well, I was going to, and that compliments the beans really well. Yes. I was going to go with, my next pick was going to be potato salad. But oh. since you since you took the pasta salad and it's kind of the same thing, yeah. I'll go with, this is my third pick. Yeah. I like uh, I like wings. Oh, wings are good. Chicken wings on the, on the 4th of July. Oh, yeah. And if, if you got somebody that is a grill master, if you're at the cookout and somebody is a grill master and they know what they're doing, there's nothing like. Them wings fresh off the grill. Fresh off the grill, bro. Oh, my God. Tossing some sauce. I like wet wings a Dude, lot. Me so too. 
I like them swimming in the sauce. Sauce it up. Let me have the sauce all the way up my cheekbone, almost touching my eyeballs. I want to be able to not, like my hands so covered in sauce that I can't wipe my face. I have to get a napkin, wipe my hands, then my face. That's how. No, it's not even a napkin. You have to have a, a moist towelette, <laughs> wet, wipe, like a wipey. Yeah. yeah, you have to. That's a good choice. All right, so third pick. I feel like you do have to have some kind of chip. So um, I put Doritos. The Dor- Doritos are going to be on the table at any Fourth of July cookout. I feel like you yeah. got you, gra- you grab a handful of chips. If anything, you even throw it on the burger. If you're crazy enough, you crumble them up, sprinkle them on the hot dog. I'm telling you, the Dorito yeah. goes with anything. I'll, I'll put the Dorito there. Yeah, the Doritos are good. I mean, I think it really comes down to personal preference. Yeah. I think most people like Doritos. I mean, you you bring that to a cookout, they're gonna you're gonna have to bring at least two bags with family size. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. Or it's all gonna it's not gonna be enough. Um, let's see. For my next pick, what do I want? Got two picks left. Don't forget yourself a dessert. Okay. I like a refreshing Coca Cola. Oh, I was gonna if say you can get a glass. Bag. If you can get glass bottles, that might yeah. be a little bit more expensive. But a glass it's bottle Coca Cola to wash everything down with. Oh, there's nothing more American than that, right there. The glass bottle too. Just the image when you hold the glass bottle, you're like, this is the most patriotic thing that I can do in this moment. I feel like yes. I feel like we just wore one World War Two or something. <laughs> It's like any pull. It, it's just the image of you pulling it out of the cooler, and, and then, it's like mm, cracking it the, open. Yeah, cracking it open. That's oh man, that's a heavenly image. Oh, I like that pick. I was gonna say a pop, but that is top tier. Oh, okay. So I'll probably do two style desserts for my last pick, and we'll see where you're at with your fifth pick. But you always have. The cooler there with the ice, and if I'm there, I'm gonna put some bomb sickles in there. The red, white, and blue bomb sickles. Oh yeah, yeah, I know I, what you're talking about. You have to. The kids love them, and even as an adult, it is such a delicious. Like you know, it's hot outside, so that bomb sickle is going to hit, and nobody's gonna turn one down. I've never seen anybody be like, nah, you're gonna eat the popsicle, right? Even just popsicles alone, especially are, if it's hot outside. Oh my god, the perfect hit. All right, my last pick. I'm gonna go with the dessert here. Um, let's see. You got we got you got to have some type of cake. That's what I was thinking. Some kind of my, cake. My mom made a red velvet cake. Oh, this that's past weekend. Perfect. That's what we had. I love red velvet. Oh, but yeah, I mean chocolate, vanilla, whatever some, your preference some, is. Some but some type of, of cake. cake. Yeah, I would say for my last pick, I would do like an apple pie. If somebody puts a pie down at the oh, table, yeah. I would definitely, you know. Yeah, even, I, didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, pie. A scoop of ice cream if you got it. Just Oof. set it there. Oh, that's that's American right there. Like, give me the apple pie. It's like, Patriot, America, fuck yeah. I might have to sprinkle <laughs> that in here a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to watch that movie again. Team America, World yeah. Peace. If you haven't seen that shit, watch it. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that since I was a kid, bro. Oh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Damn. I honestly shouldn't have ever watched it as a kid, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love the 4th of July. 
I know like Yeah, one, I mean if you if you have all them items, that's a hell of a cookout. That nobody's all, leaving that cookout unsatisfied. Yeah. You got a good platter there. If that if the table looks like everything we listed off either side of it, or if it's all there, oh my god, you just you might as well just take some take a whole plate home with you because everybody's eating good in the neighborhood. What's that? The Applebee's logo? I just there the jingle. Eating good in the neighborhood, something like something that. Something like that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I like the. I really do appreciate and love the Fourth of July. It's the timing and. On top of that, you know, it's kind of like the midsummer break for the working folk. You get a day to, yeah, you know, just relax, kick back, make some plans, do family things. It's nice. But we digress. I hope everybody is enjoying their 4th of July. We have a few other topics that we definitely need to discuss things have been happening in the sports world which i know it's a slow period in the sports world the only thing that's really on tv is baseball not everybody loves baseball but there's been a lot of commotion in the nba there has been some headlines out of the nfl so we can either go hey let's talk about these betting instances in the NFL or would you like to talk about what's been going shaking down in the NBA let's with quickly let's quickly do the NBA and then we'll okay. talk about the the suspensions for the betting I got you in the so, NFL in the NBA there has been it's been free agency period so a lot of guys are getting signed there's a lot of money being thrown around and some of the bigger names like I know Draymond got signed back to the Warriors after you know all 100 the, mil 100 yeah. million dollar contract Good for Draymond. I, yeah, I figured, he deserves it. Yeah. He deserves it. Good for Draymond. You gotta, you gotta remember. You know, he's a huge part to the Warriors and all of their runs. Like they probably don't win those rings without Draymond. Like he is the fit, which tells me that the Warriors are going to stay together. They're going to find a way to keep. I think playing. they have. A, I think they have two more shots at a title. I think two more years after two, two more years. I think their window is pretty much closed. Yeah. You know, Steph will be what thirty six, thirty seven. Clay will be thirty five. Draymond will be mid thirties. Yeah, I think you're pretty much spot on with that. I'd say they, yeah, they got about two years, and then after that, if things are like, maybe I could see Steph either retiring if he can't figure find another one in the next couple of years, or going to be, you know, one of them. Run around, you know, pulling a Ray Allen and joining a team and just being the shooter or something like that. See, but here's my thing. I think that nowadays, you know, back in the day, it made sense for for players to try to extend their career, maybe a couple extra years, especially if they didn't have ring a ring or multiple rings. But if you think about it, Steph. Has already had he's already had his rings. He's got four. You know anything after that is just bonus extra. So, and he's already. He, I mean, he makes a lot of money from basketball, but also he's got all these other endorsements and business deals. And I think inc- increasingly you're seeing where these players they don't need basketball to make a good living anymore after yeah. after they've already made their money. You know. With the team, with their team, so wh- wh- how does it benefit 
Steph anymore to to try to go to a different team as an aging vet and chase another ring or paycheck whenever he could just retire as the all-time great warrior, you know, and also make his money outside of basketball, whether it's being a commentator or, you know, he's got that golf show that he does. Yeah. You know, he's really good at golf. So, I mean, he could do professional golf if he wanted to probably. I could. That would be a cool story, too. I'd, I'd enjoy watching that if he pursued it. So, to me, it just doesn't make any sense for him to to switch teams and try to win another ring whenever he could preserve his legacy. Because you look at it, you get extra bonus points for playing your whole career with one team. Yeah. Look at Jordan. Look at Kobe. Look at Duncan. Look at Dirk. You know, we you hold whether you like it or not, those names are hold and held in higher regard because they didn't team hop and try to chase rings. Yeah. I, I would respect Steph more if he just hung it up after a couple of years rather than team hopping and doing like you have to give him his props for doing the Warriors gig, being only a warrior, getting his rings and then just saying, you know what, I can't I can't be the the star no more. It's my time to let somebody else do it. I would respect that a lot more. The ultimate warrior. Yeah. I would respect that a lot. So some of the other huge headlines in the across the NBA, um, there's pretty much three points that have been the biggest topics is um, Sabonis got his massive deal with the Kings, but left open a lot of money. He left a lot of money on the table so that they have the opportunity to chase free agents, which I think is huge for Sacramento. And also two, Anthony Edwards got a max deal, $52 million a year for five years, 260 mil total. What I think he's the fifth quickest to uh, – I can't remember how many. He's like the fifth most scorer under the age of 22, I want to say. And he got a max deal at 22. Dude's got $260 million at 22 years old. That's absolutely crazy to me. Yeah, he's going to be good for a while. Yeah, I like Anthony Edwards. So that's a lot of money to give a young cat, I feel like. But that's the way the NBA is moving. There's yeah, so I was going to say, that's money. the trend. The, yeah. That's the trend. Like, everybody gets a max deal now, it seems like. Yeah. Or a $100 million contract. It's like, we should have been basketball players, to be honest, dude. They have it the easiest. You got to think. Oh, and Dylan Brooks got an $80 million con- $80 million for Dylan Brooks. If you don't know who Dylan Brooks is, he's the bum out of Memphis. Yeah, he's a joker. He's a clown. He's the one that says, I don't poke bears. Or no. I don't, I poke bears. I poke bears. And then that's what he said. And then got proceeded out. to get absolutely destroyed. Jesus. But the biggest headline, I feel like. In the NBA is Damian Lillard finally went to Portland's front office and said, I want out. And there's a lot of contenders that, I mean, Dame is one of those guys that's going to, it doesn't matter where he goes, he's going to change it. So you got to like, make it. Yes. He's going to make an immediate impact. I know the Heat are in, the Bucks are in. I think the Heat, I think that's where he wants to go. He that's wants like to his- go to the Heat. His destination spot is Miami, but I don't. But I don't. I don't know if the Trailblazers are willing to 
work out a trade deal with Miami. I think that's the where the issue is right now. I know the the Trailblazers are going to want a lot back. So what does the Heat really have to send back? Unless I mean maybe a three way deal with somebody else, but I could see Hero being in play. Yeah, Hero would be in there. Um, I don't think you give up Bam. No. I mean, if you do, it's like, whew, you're really. Yeah, yeah, your post, your post presence is pretty much non-existent. Pretty much gone. I mean, I could see the Knicks have a lot to give up. <sighs> yeah, I think it would have to be either Hero and a bunch of picks. Yeah. A bunch of future picks, or it'd have to be like a three-team three, three team trade, like you said. Yeah. That's the only way I could see that working out. I'm kind of, I'm we've been on this train for a minute. We've talked about Damian Lillard being moved and I have stated many of times like I would love for him to go be side by side with Jimmy, but in the same breath you cannot give up everything to get him there. Right? Cuz if it's just Jimmy and him in this league that's not enough. And some of these teams are way too deep. I mean the the Nuggets aren't going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, and the Suns, yeah, the Nuggets, Suns added people, the Lakers added people. Like, it's going to be deep. Right. And, I mean, don't sleep on Houston. And, he, yeah, shut up. New coach. They've added some new free agent players. They've got, you they've know, got, a couple couple young guys, good, so they're hungry. Talent, yeah. Fred Van Sixers, Fleet. the Sixers are still in play. I mean, yep. Milwaukee, you know, they still have Giannis. I think yeah. if Giannis doesn't get injured game one. Yep. Against the Heat, that was a totally different series. I would agree. I mean, Giannis is still – I know that he got hurt, so he got forgotten about at the end of the year right there. But Giannis is still, you know, top two. He's still top and, five NBA yeah, player. that's what I I'm mean, saying. Dude, dude's an animal, Still bro. top five best players in the league. And you can't hate – you can't hate on Giannis. I fucking love that guy, bro. I really do. He's such a good dude. But aside from that, that is – that's been the NBA. Well, uh, D Rose to Memphis. Return oh, yes. to Memphis. D Rose, which is kind of a cool story, and I think this will be good for Ja is to have D Rose there as a veteran mentor. Yes. Very yes. much very much similar style athletes in their prime. Like D Rose is the kind of vet that comes into your locker room and, and changes the culture. He's a stabilizer. Culture. Yes. And he's God. the big, he's the big, big bro. He's the adult in the room. If you didn't watch Derrick Rose in his prime, he's one of those guys that makes you fall in love with basketball. It's oh yeah, oh man. I remember that MVP season he had. To this day, is probably one of the greatest seasons you, you could have ever. Seen, ever, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> he's the reason why. I, um, obviously, you know MJ. But, yeah, of course. But D Rose that. MVP season. That was the reason why I jumped on the Bulls. Yeah, I picked them to be like my favorite team, is because just the heart and the tenacity and the passion that D Rose had, and he wasn't like off the court. He wasn't flashy. You know, he just he was he kind of had like a Kawhi Leonard demeanor. Yeah, like just the quiet guy goes up there and just balls out every night in and night out. Comes off the court, you don't hear much out of him. You know, keeps his head down, keeps his name out of the headlines, and just, you know, he was just all about ball, and I respected the shit out of that. D-Rose was definitely one of those guys that's just like, man, 
I still remember. I still remember. I think it was. I want to say the 2013 or 14 playoffs against Philadelphia Sixers. Yeah. And uh, the Bulls were up like 19, 20 points with like three minutes to go. I want to say it was game one. And for some reason, D Rose was still in the game. And I was thinking, why the fuck is D Rose still in the game where this game's over, you know? And uh, I turned the channel and then I get an update on my phone. Breaking news, D-Rose, possible ACL injury, and my heart just sank. Oh, my God. I, I remember exactly that moment because I, cause I was like, well, this series is over. We're probably going to lose because he was the heart and soul of the team. Yeah. You know? And then it was just never the same after that. After that first knee injury, he was never able to get back to where he was at. And it's just so sad. I'm I'm glad he's still in the league though. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I will always root, I will always root for that man because he, you know, he was just so inspiring. Yeah, still he's is. got a great story too. If you don't know, I mean, he came from a very troubled life and kept his head down, made it through, and even through his injuries, you know, every time. I mean, was it two times now he's torn them? He's Both he's knees. been having he's had trouble out of his knees. Ever since that first injury, yeah, I think he's torn both of them. Yeah, and every time he gets back up, and I mean, he's turned himself into more than just that freak athlete. Like he's a true full blooded. Yeah, basketball he's, he's polished his game up a yeah. lot. He's he's a true journeyman. Yeah, he's been all around the league. He's played everywhere. Yeah. So, oh, another you know, thing. I, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Another thing too, I saw yesterday. I think I sent it to you. Did you see where uh, Lou Williams announced his retirement? No, but I figured that was it was getting close to time for him. Six man with with that could you, is there a spot in the Hall of Fame for the best six man of all time? I don't know if there is, but there should be. Right. Because that, that dude got it seems like he won more six man of the year award than anybody. Three of them. Three six man of the year, which is the most I mean, as a six man multiple times scored more than 20 points a game averaged that on a season over 20 points a game off the bench. Like that's, that's huge, huge. And I seen that. And if you haven't seen the tribute video for the retirement, it's his daughter and it's his daughter writing a letter to him. And it is through, I mean, just a beautiful piece. I'll have to send it. Why to do you they always this. try to make it such a tearjerker? I mean, it, it, you got to think this is their whole life, and I know it is definitely one of those ones where it's like you're seeing, especially our generation, all of the guys that we grew up on yep. are, are gone, and the last yep. one is LeBron. Crazy to say, like the last one of us growing up is pretty much LeBron. Everybody's gone: Melo, Kobe, Dirk, Tim Duncan. I mean, maybe CP3, he's there too, but like those are the last of those guys. And it's a, it's a dying generation and we're bringing in a whole new game. And somebody like Lou Will, it's another one. Like when Melo retired, I was like, damn, it, it's real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's real. Yes, yeah, it's, it's hitting hard. Yeah. We're talking about basketball. You talking about practice? Man, I loved AI. 
We ain't, we ain't talking about the game. We ain't talking, talking about, about practice. Talk about practice. <laughs> All right. That's enough NBA. We've rattled on enough. Let's talk NFL BS, maybe. Is that the right way to put it? Because it's kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, what's going on? What's going on with the gambling situation? Because we've had several, several players in, in the recent years that have had suspensions because of gambling of some sort. I'm very much on the fence with this whole thing because so over the last two years, there has been suspensions for players who have gambled on NFL games. Calvin Ridley got a whole year suspension. Calvin Ridley got a year and now there's new names that come out. Isaiah Rogers gets a year. Rashad Berry, Demetrius Taylor, C.J. Moore, Quintez Cephas, Shaka Tony. Those are all a year. And there's also a couple more that got six-game suspensions for betting outside of the NFL. They can't even bet. They can't bet outside the NFL on other sports if they're at a facility. Uh, Nicholas Petit-Furry, Jamison Williams, and Stanley Berryhill, who betted on – I believe it was horse racing while at an NFL facility, which I'm very, I don't know. Like these guys are professional. They're, they're still grown men. Like they should have, they should, I feel like they should be able to do this. Like athletes are still people and everybody else gets to, you know, play fantasy football, gamble, do all these little fun things. It's like, it'd be different if they were betting on like, if we're say you bet on your team to lose the game, yeah, you could say like, oh, he threw the game or whatever. Yeah, he's but, shaving points or whatever. Yeah, you know I, what I'm I get that, and I understand. You know, to play devil's advocate, I understand the slippery slope that you know if you open the gates up for gambling. I understand the the line that you're going to have to walk as a league, and it's going to be hard to regulate. But here's my thing. Sports gambling in this country is becoming more and more common, more socially acceptable. You know, it's legalized in a lot of states. Most states, I would say, probably, you know, even if it's illegal there, they they turn a blind eye just for your everyday Joe Schmo betting on games. So if we're going to do that, why don't they just open it completely up? But here's the deal. Their condition. You can't bet on your team to lose. A. B. You have to turn in all your bets. Yeah. With with the like front office of your team, or have have like a an office there, a league office at the facility where you go and turn in every single bet, whether it's whether it's football or whatever sport you're gambling on. Go in and it's completely transparent. It's just that. I mean, I don't see the problem in that. Well, I mean, I don't. Let me take that back. Yeah. I mean, obviously there 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 could be issues there. Yeah. But if you can't keep players from doing it, if you're gonna suspend all these guys, why not just make it transparent to where you they don't have to worry about it and they yeah. can just turn all their bets in on a spreadsheet each week or you know, however you want to do it, and that yeah. way you know exactly what they're betting on. Yeah. That's how I think it. It would be a good idea. Because here's the thing: you're never, you're not going to stop it. No, it goes on in every single sport. There's too much money. Yeah, 
I mean, look at basketball. Basketball had a huge scandal in the early 2000s with Tim Donahue. And every other sport has had, you know, controversy over sports gambling. So I think to eliminate, just to eliminate another thing that's going to hold your, not only the players, but your sport as a whole. Because, you know, if you have players that are continually getting suspended, that's going to affect your fan revenue, like your revenue from the, from the fans, because they're not going to want to go watch your team if they don't think, you know, if we're out three players because they gambled, I'm not going to buy a ticket to go watch a team that I think is going to lose. Yeah. It's, I feel like just like you said, open it up, let it be transparent. Cause if, the NFL is in a partnership with these gambling sites. Right. They're making money off of this, but they're So why only, shouldn't the players be yeah. able to make money they, off of it too? They can't they can't even monetize what's being monetized on their own name. Like this is the same thing as the college debate. Like people are making money off of these players and the players can't even make money off the same thing. Like that that seems so hypocritical. Yeah, hypocritical. And I it it I, I look at it from the player's perspective and, you know, I'm not a professional athlete, but I try to put myself in their shoes. Like they are human. There are more than just these athletes that run around. Like they're more than just, you know, thoroughbred horses. They're people. Right. They're and they got, unless you're the top tier guys, I mean, you got to make your money too somehow. Yeah. It's, I know that these guys are getting paid a lot of money, but the gambling is a part of what is, you know, turning into the American sport. Like you can't go any, anywhere. You can't listen to a radio show, a podcast. Uh, you can't get on Twitter, any social media site without a betting line falling in front of you. Like this is everyday material. And these guys are just playing along. It's like them. It's no different than, you know, playing fantasy football and putting $50 into a pot. Right. Like you said, it should be you can't bet. Like make it to where you can't bet on yourself. You can't bet on like your over under yards or whatever touches all that stuff. You can't bet on your team or you know, just keep it from your own team or the team that you're playing that week and I feel like it should be fair game for everybody else. Right. I don't know, but there's ways to explore that. Yeah. I think that they're just, just like you said, they're they're kind of being taken advantage of on the fact that the the NFL has partnership with FanDuel, with King, you know, DraftKings and all these other, you know, gambling sites and they don't and yet the players aren't allowed to take part in that and, and try to make money off of it as well. So it is what it is for now, but I think I think in the very near future they're probably gonna change some of the rules. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, this is kind of an offshoot, but um, they've changed the rules as far as like marijuana is concerned for other sports, like testing, like drug tests. Yeah, like I know that the MLB they don't they don't even drug test for THC anymore. Yep. And I think I know, the NFL's letting it go too. I think the NFL hasn't officially, but um, who was it? I want to say it was Travis Kelsey was on a podcast or something, and he was talking about. He said 
fifty to eighty percent of the players in the NFL smoke weed. Yeah, they just quit within. They just give themselves enough time to get clean before before they have to go in for a drug test, and they know exactly when they're going to get drug tested. So, and he said a lot of guys, you know, you're working out and sweating so much, you can smoke, you know, a day before and still yeah. pass because you've worked out so much. Yeah, and these guys hit the saunas and all that stuff. I, I mean. I know this is a, a different avenue that we're going down, but I would rather our guys be smoking weed to, you know, heal their, I mean, feel less pain in their body, as much physical pain that they go through than rather them have a doctor in the facility writing them scripts for oxycodone and Percocet or whatever to alleviate the ankle pain. You know what I'm saying? And right. I feel like it's, it's much less a, dangerous. Yeah. It's a safer alternative because, I, I remember seeing a documentary years ago about how, like, even with Aaron Rodgers now, you know, he talks about how he'll go and he went to the locker room that one time and they wrote him a script right there in the locker room for his ankle and boom, he comes back into the game off the perks. Well, look at a uh, prime example. Look at Patrick Mahomes last yeah. year in the playoffs. Son of Dude breaks his ankle in half in the first half, gets taken out of the game. The second half, he comes back and he's not even like limping or hobbling or anything. He's like just running down the field. I know that boy was off perks. Yeah, the boy it. was high off his ass. Off his ass, playing his ass. Credit to him, playing his butt off, fucking toasted out yeah. there. But that's ah, uh, yeah. It's it's gonna. There's gonna be a time when, and this is gonna bring up some more debate later on. Like there's gonna be a let up in the heat that they're putting on on the the gambling from inside the NFL, and there's gonna be people that go, well, what about the guys you've already suspended? Like, how do they get their like how do they get their retribution for the time that they spent suspended when you're letting up on guys now? And this is another point too. It's like they'll let players beat and be domestic violent abusers and then sit six games or actually cheat in games, AKA Tom Brady deflate gate and only suspend them four games, but they can't bet on a gambling site. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, Again, just like it is with anything else in professional sports about the money. If the, if the NFL can't monetize or turn a profit on the, on a certain facet of the game, then they're not going to allow it. And that's just the business model for a league like the NFL. That's so huge and, and generates so much money. It's just uh, the owners, you know how it is with the owners. They're, they're, business tycoons, billionaires, a lot of them. I would say every one of them are billionaires. They're not going to let any money fall through the cracks. Yeah. They're not going to let these players. That's why you have the CBAs every five, ten years, whatever it is. Yeah. It's because they're not willing to give up a penny without it first going through their fingers. This will definitely be something that's brought up at the next – CBA oh, has meeting. to be. Has to oh, be. yeah. There'll be something that's brought up. And that's why you have a strike. You, you know, you have a strike every 10 years or so. I've seen that. Um, 
the NFL brought in a new NFLPA head and he he's not a football guy but he's a business guy and I think this will be better for the players to get more yes. money and do yeah, I think I things. think a lot of uh, players associations hurt themselves in that way because they want to put a former player in that in that leading role instead of somebody who can see it from the outside looking in as a uh, like you said as a business perspective yeah and say hey you know I know that you have this perspective on the game, but I'm trying to get you the most money at, at the, and it be fair to you. you Yeah. I think that's a fair point. I think that's the right way to look at it too. Hopefully they figure something out. Cause right now it's just, there's a, I mean like those are a couple big names, you know, Isaiah, um, it it really hurt, uh, Atlanta not having Calvin Ridley yep. for a whole year. I mean, that's huge. Not having Calvin Ridley. The Colts don't have Isaiah Rodgers. And then the Lions don't have Jameson Williams. Like, that's those are three huge pieces that some teams are going to be missing out on, and they're directly going to hurt, hurt them. And I don't know. They got to figure something out. And the, Yeah, the, it'll have to be addressed. It'll have to be addressed, definitely. All so, right, do you have anything MLB baseball-wise you want to talk about real quick? We are rolling into the All-Star break. It is – the lineups are set. If you haven't seen them, you know, go on Twitter, check out some of them. But my biggest thing that I want to speak on is there's – every year there's snubs. In every All-Star game and every league, there's snubs. The only red that made it in this year was Alexis Diaz, Edwin Diaz's brother. He He's going to be a closer in the All-Star game. I feel like there's some names that got left out, like Wanda Franco from the Rays. He got left out. And my only discrepancy with the All-Star game selection in every sport is it's turned into a popularity contest rather than the actual players that deserve to be there. And if that's the case, I'm not against it being that way, but you cannot use the all-star games in somebody's hall of fame resume anymore. Right. It's just a popularity contest. They put like Matt McClain for the Reds has been one of the best players, if not the best rookie in all of baseball, aside from Corbin. He's been better than Ellie De La Cruz, but because of Ellie's, you know, flash onto the scene, he gets forgotten. I mean, the dude's hitting 320, leads the Reds and bombs. I mean, he's been the most steady piece in the Reds lineup this entire year, and I think he deserved to be there. But outside of the All-Star game, the Home Run Derby, they're looking for two more slots, and I, I think they should put Joey Votto in. I think he deserves the chance to – Go out there and put on a show. I think he'd be a fan favorite, and honestly, I think he'd have a chance to win. I I would lo- imagine the headlines. You know, every every person when they speak on Joey Votto, it's like, what does Joey Votto do? He still banks. So I think this would be the perfect opportunity for MLB to put a fan favorite across not only just Cincinnati and Ohio, but America into the home run derby and. Ladies and gentlemen, watch the Home Run Derby. It's worth it every single year. 
It's the most exciting uh, all star event in any sport. Yep. Hangs down. Fun. It's, it used to be the slam dunk contest years ago, but now it's home run derby. They've changed the format in recent years. Um, I know I like watching Pete Alonso do it. It's always Man. fun watching him freaking he's, drop dingers. He's in it this year again too. So so far the six six of the eight guys are Pete Alonso, Randy Arozarena, Mookie Betts, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Julio Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman from Baltimore. Those are six good names too. Like Vladdy. Julio Julio Rodriguez, he's the one who won it last year. Yes. Right? And from Seattle. Yep. And then Pete won it the year before. My buddy had that showdown with Vlad Guerrero. Randy hits bombs. I mean, Mookie Betts is gonna be a fan favorite. And then Adley hits bombs. I mean, it's gonna be a fun home run derby. And it's in Seattle. And Julio Rodriguez is defending his home run derby title in, at home. At yeah, home. that's cool. It's going to be sick. I'm telling you, everybody needs to watch it this year. It'll definitely be a sick one. Man, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch the Mets at all this year. Oh my god, it's been an absolute train wreck since the very preseason yeah. spring training, all the way up till the All Star break. It's been an absolute disaster. Uh, we have the highest. Like I saw where we have the hot, like the Mets have the highest uh, payroll in MLB history. And we have, we're paying 11 guys that aren't even on the fucking roster right now. That's so crazy. That's insane. And it's like, how bad can it get? Yeah. Man, I don't know. I would say, I would say blow it the fuck up. That's what I was about to say. Blow it up. We'll suck for another five years, but maybe we'll get some some good players. Some well, you guys good, have young good, farm system. You guys have a, a bunch of players in your farm system that are right there, but because you guys paid so many, you know, veteran names, Free agents, yeah, yeah, they're just sitting there. And I feel like at this point, just trade those big names out, take back some prospects, and then just start with a young team. Do it, and it's cool that I get to say this, but do what the Reds are doing. I know everybody hated you for 10 years, but it's worth it for the moment that we're in right now. It makes everybody forget it when you guys start winning. I mean, our really the Mets prime opportunity was last year. Yeah. And they ended up pissing it all away after the all-star break. Yeah. They were up like 13 games and ended up missing the playoffs. Yeah. And I don't think a team comes back from that. No, I think you have to. I mean, Buck Showalter, he's he's just too old. We've seen it, and, and especially here in the last like five years, these old managers they they don't get the job done anymore. It's not that's the biggest thing about baseball that I the biggest issue I have with it is that they don't keep up with the times. Yep, every other league evolves and changes and somehow gets better. You know, but with baseball, they're always so resistant to change that they will stick in the same old pattern for an extra five or 10 years. And they'll wonder why their ratings are down because you haven't done anything to improve the game. Yep. And so you have like Buck Showalter and who is the manager for the White Sox? Um, Old motherfucker. Uh, why is he for um, his name slipping? But I know you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It didn't work out. Yeah. 
I mean, it's the same. Like the only one that's and then, and then you had Dusty. Dusty. I mean, it took him forty. 40 years as a coach to finally win one. Like, he had to go to Houston to win one. Like, it was. Right. I mean, and that was more on the players than yeah. I think it was in the manager. It was more on the front office and the general manager yeah. than it was on Dusty. But you saw Dusty evolve as a coach. He's like one of the old guys that evolved and turned into a player's right. coach and with the times. And, like, Buck is not going to change. No, they're so set in their his, ways. Yeah. So it's just like at a certain point. You know, you, you just have to give up on it and restart. Yeah. Retool. Yeah, you might, like I said, you might suck for five years, six years, but it'll be worth it when you come back and you're good for another 10 years. Yeah. I agree. The Mets went to the World Series in 2015. Yep. That's, that was eight years ago. So, like, we're on the – we're on the curve of going back to sucking again. So we need to figure something out. Yeah. That's my spill on the Mets. I don't have much hope for this season. I think it's doomed. But, you know, go Reds. I guess the Reds will be like my de facto team for now. I'll take so it. High on them. I'll take it. We're hot right now. We're tied for first place in the NL Central. They're young and they're having fun. And oh, yeah. One more thing before we yeah. get out of here. Uh, Shohei Otani. Might be the best baseball player to ever live. Can we can we say that? Truthfully, I can. It's like as much as I want to say Mike Trout is still playing. I mean, did Shohei gets on the mound, throws seven innings, strikes out twelve guys, and then the next day hits, or even in the same game could hit two home runs like he did the other day. That's what I'm saying. Nobody – we haven't seen that since Babe Ruth. You know, that's been over almost 100 years. We haven't seen a generational talent like that that could pitch and hit and field. Yeah. If I'm the Mets, I sell everybody and everything to get as many prospects as you can right now. And I immediately take those prospects – and I try to get Shohei Otani at the deadline and sign him for eight years. Fuck it. Sign him for $8 trillion. Yes. Just do it. If at anything you have Shohei Otani to roll out there every five days on the mound and in between hitting bombs, and I promise you, as much as you guys will suck, if that, you'd be happy that you have Shohei Otani. It'd be fun Otani. to watch. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, like you'd be happy. And so there, there's your free advice. Steve Cohen. Free, free game. Free game I'm putting you on. Oh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe we're going to put a wrap on this. We are at 56 minutes. I am going to crank this episode out. Hopefully have it to you by the end of today. I know that even though I said that, you wouldn't hear it till the end of the episode. So I guess it doesn't ultimately matter. But Next week, we got to do our Devin Hester Yes, uh, we were going to talk about Devin Hester. We're going to show some love to Devin Hester, a forgotten art and kick returning. Probably do a sneak peek into the NFL. This is the last month without football. July is the last month without football. We'll probably start doing some football, you know, preseason 
stuff. We'll start talking, maybe making some predictions if we can. Yeah. We'll have to start and, running uh, down schedules think, and stuff. I think we'll start doing like our betting on the NFL. <laughs> yes. So we're going to, we're going to start working in some betting ideas. Hey, we'll do picks every week and we'll, we'll display our picks. So we're transparent and make sure we don't get suspended for a year. Yeah. I don't want to, don't want to have to serve any suspensions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, aside from that, Murph, enjoy your 4th. Everybody who listens, enjoy your 4th of July. We appreciate you. We love you. Do you have anything you want to close us out on? Uh, Absolutely, man. Um, You know, go out and celebrate tonight. Be safe. Keep your fingers. You want to have all 10 digits, you know, going (laughs) into the rest of the week. Um, But, yeah, other than that, have a good one. We love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Peace. Call a DD. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea. Detroit down to Houston And New York to L.A. There's pride in every American heart And it's time we stand and say